When I was in seminary 30 years ago, I took a preaching course that focused on preaching in particular contexts or particular life situations. And for the final exam, the professor gave us about a dozen of scripture texts and paired each one with a hypothetical context. And so, for example, we were to write a sermon for a funeral upon a tragic death of a young person. We were to write a sermon in response to a natural disaster um, that devastated a community. We were to write a sermon for the installation of a Baptist minister to a Presbyterian ministry. Well, maybe not that specific. But never in my wildest dreams, nor in my professors, would I have imagined preaching the gospel in the midst of a global pandemic. Nothing prepared a preacher for this. And so we preachers all over the globe move into this time with trepidation to bring a message of hope. Now, gratefully, the church's lifeline is scripture, and the Hebrew and Christian texts are rich um, and living words that speak to us no matter what life situation we find ourselves in. The meanings of the text, like poetry and literature, move throughout time and space. We are pressing on today, continuing our Lenten um, theme and series called Elemental Theology. And I love this series because we've been discussing um, and preaching about different metaphors in the text, um, elements that help us understand the landscape of our spiritual lives. So we've talked about desert and fire and water, and this week, mountain and valleys. Now, these images um, are uh, useful to us because they are throughout Scripture, and we can take one and meditate upon it and draw forth its meaning. For the next 10 minutes, I'd like to look particularly at the metaphor, the image of the valley. Psalm 23 is the most common Scripture read in funeral services, and this psalm is probably the most commonly memorized and recited scripture passage. If I say, the Lord is my shepherd, most likely most people can respond, I shall not want. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. This is the kind of literature that gets burned into our hearts and becomes our own prayer when we are in need. The psalmist in this prayer speaks directly to God. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me. You anoint my head with oil. This is this intimate I-thou prayer between God and the person in need, the shepherd who provides this one in need with rest. Now at a time unlike anything our globe has ever experienced, we use the image of the valley and the relationship between the weary one and the shepherd to nourish us. The psalm is not a cure to inoculate our anxiety, the anxiety we are feeling as a people, but the psalm gives us a lens through which we can see this uncertain time, to look at ourselves in this uncertain time. Clearly, we all are feeling a shadow of death over us. 
The coronavirus is looming and we're uncertain about the future. Um, just how bad will it get? Just how many lives will be touched by death? And as, as grateful as I am right now for the technological advances that we um, can utilize to stay in touch with loved ones from a distance, I am weary of the barrage of information that uh, comes into our living rooms, the voices speaking into my life. And I am, uh, have to be honest, I'm frustrated with myself that I get addicted to more and more information. And I watch the graphs and the numbers of cases go up hour by hour. The valley the psalmist describes in Psalm 23 is not actually desolate. On the other side of shadow is light. And this place to which the shepherd leads the sheep is actually a place of calm and stillness and beauty and nourishment and rest. And there's safety in this valley. And the shepherd makes the sheep lie down. He makes him lie down in green pastures. The sheep resists rest. We resist rest. We even turn exercise or yoga, meditation and prayer, practices that are supposed to be restful, and we turn them into must-do activities that already, um, already on our very busy schedules. But this virus has strangely made us lie down in greener pastures. The virus is making us sit still beside still waters. This virus is taking us into the valley that can truly become for us a comfort in a stressful time. And I am far from implying that we have only to look on the bright side of all of this or to look for the silver lining in all of this. I do not mean that. I most certainly am not saying that God created this crisis for us to learn something. But I do believe God uses the situations of our lives as hard and tragic and stressful as they may be to be our teachers, if we are open to being taught. And if we have the wisdom to understand the lesson, we can be forever changed by what we learn. We must pause and reflect and take in what is happening around us right now for a spiritual, at a spiritual angle. We have to get down low in the valley, almost on our knees, to look at the landscape with new eyes. We have been made to lie down, at least for this time. And we've been made to stop our over-busy lives, to spend time with ourselves, with our children, not in cars driving them to overcrowded activity schedules. We've been given time around breakfast and lunch and snack and dinner tables. We've been given time to slow down. Now, stillness is not something that our American lifestyle values. 
In fact, we are far from practiced in stillness. The 17th century philosopher Blaise Pascal said, most of our problems arise from our inability to sit still in a room. Well, friends, we will have plenty of opportunity to learn to sit still in the foreseeable future. In our busy lives, we have pushed silence and stillness aside. We might be afraid of what the silence might tell us about ourselves. Is this silence is the voice of God. Silence opens up space to dream. Silence opens up space to create. And I can't wait to see the generative results of the creative spirit that will emerge from this time. Art and poetry will surface. Music will be composed. Books will be written. Innovation will come. Meals will be prepared and served with love. Go crazy. Use the china you only use for holidays. Teach your children a new recipe. Get out your mother's sewing machine and sew some curtains or make clothes out of curtains like Fraulein Maria. Pace yourselves. It looks like we'll have plenty of time to do a lot of things. I read that NASA, uh, the satellites are revealing a marked decrease in pollution um, over countries that have been in strict quarantine. With every shadow, there is light. A wise uh, prose poem has been circulating on social media this past week. Kitty O'Meara, a poet from Wisconsin, said that she did what came naturally to her in a time of anxiety. She wrote a poem, and here it is. And the people stayed home and read books and listened and rested and exercised and made art and played games and learned new ways of being and were still and listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced, some met their shadows, and the people began to think differently. And the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless, and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully as they had been healed. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, there is light. And now is an opportunity to shine the light on our own lives and the lives of our loved ones, to see life with new vision. Now is a time we, we can become less dull to what we've been seeing. Life doesn't have to be the way it always has been. So let this time in the valley be for us a time of rest and renewal. 
Let this time in the valley be for us a time of healing our earth and healing ourselves. And may God the shepherd give grace, comfort, and peace to you today and always. Amen.